Tonight, we're going to a dangerous area of an Amazon account so we can understand the relationship between humans and PPC campaigns. Crikey! Take a look at this. We're face to face with a hard-hitting predator. And oh boy, this keyword means business. Its toxic venom can lead to hundreds of clicks without conversion. One bite, and it could leave you paralyzed with high ACAS for weeks. Now, these predators won't be mocking with us. We've got the biggest predator on our side, the Ad Badger. Oi, easy boy. And we're here to help you tame these beasts in the jungles of Amazon PPC. What's going on, Badger Nation? It's Mike and Steven, and you're listening to the PPC Den Podcast, the world's first Amazon advertising podcast, and your source for all the tips, tricks, and optimization strategies you need to grow your Amazon ads. And you can join thousands of listeners and get bonus content at adbadger.com slash podcasts. What's going on, everybody out there in Badger Nation, sitting out there, optimizing your PPC campaigns. I hope all is well. Steven, we got a podcast review. I'm going to read it to you. Are you ready for this? Let's check it out. <clears throat> it's from Lil Z Draken. One star. Horrible dude. I won't listen to this clown and his ego. This is what's wrong with America. Wow. That's pretty harsh. I don't know if you're talking about me or you. <laughs> Could be both. Uh, actually, I'm kidding, everybody. That is a podcast review for the Joe Rogan experience. Ad Badger's reviews are still five stars. <laughs> yes, and if you'd like to leave us a review, you sure can at Apple Podcasts. Uh, actually, reviews help us tell uh, people that have invested in Ad Badger, like, look, we should invest more resources into our incredibly long podcast intro. So it does help <laughs> us out in a small way. So if you wanted to, go ahead and drop us an Apple Podcast review. We'll read it, read it here on the show so we don't have to read Joe Rogan reviews. How about that? I love it. That's pretty dope. Yes. So, Stephen, we have a pretty fun episode today. Uh, and before we get into that, at the time of this podcast release, we'll be right on the precipice of releasing version two of Ad Badger software. It's worth talking about. Uh, it's something that you and I and everyone here at Ad Badger has been working round the clock on um not a huge fan of like working on weekends or anything like that but it's something that i've that has been on my mind 24 7 super excited about it so we'll be talking about that in the weeks to come be sure that you are in the know at adbadger.com slash launch and we will talk more about it when it happens super stoked super stoked steven yep same here september 1st sep one and let's jump into this fun episode that we have planned. Uh, I have one of my favorite books, and it's not really a business book. It's just a sort of a life book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You ever read this, Stephen? Is it on that bookshelf behind you? It is very likely on this bookshelf. Ah, nice. <laughs> right behind me. And Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I think I've read it maybe two or three times over the last few years. And it's just a book that helps people establish some really good principles for living effective as the author puts it Stephen Covey so this is a, this is a great little book uh, highly recommended out there I imagine a lot of people in the business world have also read it so today we're doing something pretty fun we are doing seven habits of highly effective 
Amazon PPCers. So these are habits that can help make you a high-performing, effective Amazon advertiser. Yeah, and the habits are what I what I like about this is it's it's a lot more about mindset. It's not going to be seven habits. Uh, habit number one: daily optimize your bids. You know, it's not going to be that kind of stuff. It's it's uh, mm-hmm. much more abstract. But a lot of times, that's you know some of just the most important um, ways to go about your campaigns is not through you know mathematical computation, although that's you know necessary and important. But this is going to be more just about uh, you know mindset, thinking through uh, just how to be yeah the the best version of your Amazon PPC yourself. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because one thing I do really feel like separates great marketers from the rest is that they think about it and they approach it from a way that people who are just like reading a blog post here or there, trying to go through the motions, a lot of people are looking for like, well, what's the thing I need to do? Just give me the checklist and then I'll go do the checklist. And I think that's great. Like that'll get you some degree of the way there, but to really become a highly effective Amazon marketer and just a marketer in general, mindset does play a huge role. It's sort of that tenacity. It's that hunger. It's that desire to sort of do the, take the, take the correct path as opposed to the easy path. I think that is really what separates the, I think that's how you go from good to great. So in this episode, we are going to go to from good to great with you. And let's jump into the seven habits of highly effective Amazon PPCers. Alrighty, so for each habit, we have a quote from the actual book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and then we're going to talk about how that applies to Amazon PPC. So let's jump into it. Habit number one, be proactive. The quote here, I am not a product of my circumstances. I am a product of my decisions. So how does this apply to Amazon PPC? I think one thing that I have seen... Uh, you know, this really applies to everywhere, but I guess we are bringing everything. I mean, yeah, everything we're going to be talking about, it really applies to every aspect of life, but we are going to be making more narrow applications uh, to Amazon advertising. So yeah, that mindset, I am not a product of my circumstances. I'm the product of my decisions. What that does is that shifts any kind of finger pointing, any kind of blaming circumstances type mindset that ultimately just leads to uh, excuses and uh, really excusing your own responsibility and your own, yeah, just like your own decision making. And so what this does is this shifts to recognizing that I am the one that's in control. So on the Amazon side of things, you could say, oh man, the Amazon space is rigged against me. My ACOS is too high. My conversion rates are too low. My competition's too tough, blah, blah, blah. I'm losing money. The whole thing's stupid and rigged. Or you could say, I'm the one that made the product listings. I'm the one that created the keyword bids. I'm the one that's handling review management. I'm the one, you know, and take those, those, uh, take responsibility for what you've actually been able to accomplish and re- and recognize that everybody else is in the same game as you. And, and it's ultimately just what kinds of decisions you're able to make action steps you're able to take as a result of yeah your circumstances and not blame the circumstances, but respond to them. Exactly. You know, Great marketers really do look at the circumstances and they see them, they can see reality, but then they look past that at the opportunity. They don't stop at the obstacles. And I think that's a really key thing to look at. Like if you are optimizing your campaigns, 
you have to believe that you can make it better this next quarter. You ha- that is inside your power. Um, so look for the opportunity. It is there. If you think there is no opportunity, you are not looking hard enough. So I think that's just an like you don't have to optimize your bids. You get to optimize your bids. Like you control these things, and I think that is really powerful. So understanding what you can control, even the things that you cannot directly control, you know how to influence that. Uh, It's like, you know how to influence your star ratings, you know how to influence all of these things. And like, that is where, you know, you can start seeing the opportunity. Totally. And something else I I like about uh, the book, one of the things that the author mentions is he, he kind of plays off the word responsibility. And uh, and, and likens it to the word response ability, uh, like response dash ability, and saying, you know, what responsibility is, is having the ability to respond uh, to mm-hmm. to the circumstances. And so that's really what that's huge. what uh, taking responsibility means, is understanding that that it's your it's your duty and obligation and that you have the, the power to make changes. Mm-hmm. You ever see that quote? It's like life is only 20% of what happens to you and like 80% how you react. That's exactly what this is. Um, So like when there's a change in ad structure, when there's a new thing that Amazon publishes or there's a new thing that gets thrown at you, it's our responsibility to look for the opportunity. I mean, we talk all the time about early mover advantage. Anytime a new feature comes out, it is of everyone's benefit to take advantage of that early you know you get cheaper cpcs usually you get better returns before it gets a little too saturated so that that's been the story of amazon advertising i think it will continue to be the story of amazon advertising totally and with that let's jump into habit number two so habit number two is begin with the end in mind michael what does that mean so here's the quote from the book people are working harder than ever But because they lack clarity and vision, they aren't getting very far. They, in essence, are pushing a rope with all of their might. Wow, how about that quote? Pushing a rope instead of pulling it. So many advertisers, and we talk to many, many of them, and this is not exclusive to just new advertisers. I think it's it's quite common with new advertisers, but even advanced seasoned marketers of large campaigns can sometimes fall victim to just like, hey, what was our goal again? Like, what exactly are we trying to do? Uh, you know, recently I, I spoke with, it was like, they were a top 10 seller in the industry. They were just a huge, huge, huge brand. And they knew that something needed to happen and they didn't exactly know what it was. It was almost like an existential pain that they were walking around with thinking about these campaigns. So spending a lot of time thinking about what are our actual goals for every nook and cranny of the campaign, tying that back to all of our activities, that's massive. And that sort of level of clarity and vision of like, what am I actually aiming for with all of my campaigns and having that clarity and vision, like not only does it connect with being proactive on those things, but it also just, it gives you an unshakable foundation to persevere, to find out exactly where you're going and then dedicate your actions 
towards getting in that direction. So obviously this is as simple as every campaign, every keyword, every life cycle stage of your company when you're launching a product or you have an existing product or whatever it might be, you always can tie that back to a goal. And the goal is generally like an ACOS goal or a ROAS goal uh, or a sales volume goal or whatever it might be. Always having that at the forefront anytime you're doing optimization is a massive thing. Uh, and getting clarity on that so that every time you open that up every day that you're looking at the campaigns, there's no question of what you should be doing. Like that's pretty big. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people, advertisers in the campaign creation process, you know, they've got a new product or whatever, they're just getting on the advertising platform for the first time and they start creating the campaign, throw some products in there, throw some keywords in, use the suggested bid. They don't really know what their campaign goal is. You know, they well. And what they're probably thinking, if you ask them like, hey, what do you want to do with this? They would say, well, I want to increase sales. I want to increase my my organic rank. I want to boost my ad rank. I want to get the Amazon's choice badge for this keyword. I want to also like get my, my A cost super, super low. And really for any campaign out there, you should have one singular goal. What is, and, and that's something that you got to think about yourself. What is the one goal that you want to accomplish with this campaign and focus on that? And there's actually a great book called, I think it's called, oh yeah, it's called The One Thing. And the, the premise there is, you know, what's the one thing that if you could get that done, it would make everything else either easier or obsolete. And so I think that's a great thing because maybe, it, hey, maybe the, the, the answer to that is getting the, the top one ad spot for this one keyword. It's like, hey, if I can do that, then it's going to make everything else kind of all the dominoes kind of fall in line. So, so that's a great thing to be thinking about. Um, have that goal, one goal for each campaign. You can have multiple goals for multiple. I mean, you got different campaigns, right? One's, you know, securing this keyword. One is just trying to defend your brand. But each campaign should have one goal. And you have no business creating a campaign if you don't have a goal in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also realizing that, you know, it's much easier to get one thing done as opposed to several things at once, meaning, you know, I spoke with someone earlier this week and they said, well, I'm in charge of this campaign. I was just, it was just given to me. And the goals from the bosses are, we need to scale it. We need to improve the margins. So get a lower ACOS and we need to do this, you know, within the next two weeks, just like very like tough, tough goals. And sort of when you're approaching a campaign like that and you're trying to do so many things, It's going to be very difficult for you to do all those things. So really approaching each goal, like each campaign, what what is the goal of this campaign? Am I in launch mode? If so, what does that look like? Am I in profitability mode? If so, what does that look like? And understanding that is massive. And with that, let's jump in to habit number three. So Stephen, read us the quote for put first things first. So for the book, it says, putting first things first means organizing and executing around your most important priorities. It is living and being driven by the principles you value most, not by the agendas and forces surrounding you. It's a big one. Yeah, that's a great, great thing. Uh, it's, that's a big part of what it means to just be living by conviction. Uh, and with, you know, with gusto is, is being, making your decisions based on principles because it can be really easy to get caught up uh, I really get lost in 
all of the emails and correspondence and alerts and news and all this stuff and get flustered and, and be overtaken by um, all the tasks that seem incredibly urgent but aren't really that important. So always going back to the most important principles and, and not letting the forces surrounding you control you, but you understanding that you can respond to them, but you are ultimately in control. Kind of going back to habit number one of uh, being proactive, but yeah. Exactly. When I think of you know good PPC marketing, here, you know, good digital advertisers. It's sort of like, you know, the last part of that quote, it is living and being driven by the principles you value most, not the agendas and forces surrounding you. So I feel like in the world of digital marketing, the most common example of this is, you know, the crazy YouTube thumbnails with the crazy uh, titles that are saying things like crazy 2% ACoS you know, crazy, do this one thing and triple your sales over the next two days. Just like really things like that. Like it's sort of being able to recognize your realistic goals because hopefully by now we've already got the realistic goal going and like understanding what you need to do to get there. And then even when you're like listening to this show, you're still recognizing what's going to be important specific to you. Uh, you know, one thing that we do, we always welcome this. People will write into us and say, hey, I am just launching. Like, do you have some episodes just for launching? And it's like, you know, we've, we've got almost 100 episodes and it's like, you know, if you haven't kept up from the beginning, it's like, where can we go to get uh, a, a shortcut to specific my goal of being in launch mode? Or how can I get a specific episode for doing this or doing that? And like, we love helping people like that. And probably, you know, as I say this, we should probably start having collections of episodes where like you can go and like enter your email here and get our five episodes on launching or enter your email here to, to learn about to get all our episodes on bid optimization. I could actually be really helpful for people. So I guess my point here is really recognize like what the goals are. So, so like it, these, these sort of stack on top of each other. It's sort of be proactive. You've realized that you are in charge of your destiny. Have the goal. Uh, and then here it's sort of like, be sure we're prioritizing our actions towards that goal. So, you know, what are the going to be the most important things to reaching that goal? It's important to look at the things that you can do in your campaigns and think about what activities are actually going to get you there the quickest and the fastest. Yeah. And one of the things that Stephen Covey laid out in his book was this idea of these four quadrants. So, you know, the top two, uh, you know, so if this is an Excel sheet, which hopefully you guys can all envision in your head. You've got your column A, your column B, your row, your row one, your row two. So column A would be uh, it, it would be urgent, and column B would be not urgent, and then row one would be important, and row two would be not important. So then what you what you have after that is you've got these four quadrants. You have important and urgent, important and not urgent, not important and urgent, and not important and not urgent. So you have these four quadrants, you could throw your tasks, you know, the, the things that need to get done, responding to emails, optimizing bids, new campaign creation, research, Twitter, whatever, and uh, throwing all of that onto these quadrants and looking at those tasks and then looking at where you're actually spending your time. And what a lot of people end up finding out, one of the biggest time sucks becomes uh, that first column, the urgent column. 
and people have important and urgent tasks in there. So those are usually like handling uh, a crisis, responding, responding quickly to, to something that just popped up that needs like quick attention. And then you also have the non-important and urgent items. And so those are the ones that usually become such a big time suck. And you just have all these urgent tasks that just keep flooding your inbox and, and yeah, just, just uh, taking over control of your, your time and your day and your thoughts. And what's the worst column that, that can sometimes come up is, is uh, the tasks that are not important and not urgent. And that's just a lot of like the busy work, everything there. And what normally gets overlooked, according to Stephen Covey, is the uh, important and not urgent. And so those are the items, those are the work tasks that could be things just like, you know, researching. Campaign names. Campaign names. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's a great example. Yeah, it's not urgent that you go through and fix all those campaign names, but it is incredibly important. It could be something like relationship building with uh, your clients, mm-hmm. with an Amazon rep, you know, so they can help you get your foot in the door and on, on get solutions solved faster. Like, you know, th- those kinds of things that will never really be high ticket items. Or I guess uh, it's not obvious that, that... Yeah, it's not on fire. Yeah. Those are the, those are the, the most important tasks for long-term success to just be consistent with it and steady with it. And those are going to be the, you know, I, at least for as far as these habits go, that's, that's my kind of favorite, favorite one. Biggest one that I need to focus on is that important, not urgent. Um, things that you could put off or even not ever do and nothing would necessarily go south, but it wouldn't go up. And that's the whole point of, of doing those tasks is that it actually leads to long-term gain. Opportunity cost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And with that, let's jump in to habit four. All right. Habit number four, think win-win. In the long run, if it isn't a win for both of us, we both lose. That's why win-win is the only real alternative in interdependent realities. So this is a really interesting one. And so, I mean, I'll jump right to it. I think every high-performing person communicates with other high-performing people in doing whatever they're doing. So in the world, if you are an entrepreneur or an Amazon marketer, I hope you are communicating and collaborating, brainstorming, problem-solving, masterminding with other Amazon marketers, or if you're an entrepreneur, other entrepreneurs in the space, without a doubt. I do this all the time to just have a network of people that is beyond my own understanding to get a second perspective on things can be massive. It can help you, you know, when you are looking at a problem underneath a microscope, you've been thinking about it over and over and over again. Sometimes all you need is someone to sort of put instead of the microscope, you need uh, the telescope to see it from a different angle. And that can be so powerful, even if the person doesn't know more than you they're just approaching it from a different angle that is massive so definitely collaborate with peers we have our peer group at badger.com facebook you can join our facebook group so like be sure to communicate and collaborate with your peers because every single high performing company that i interact with has that as their base like that's just the foundational thing yeah and it seems like there can be at times a culture amongst Amazon sellers that it's me versus other sellers. Scarcity. Scarcity yeah. mindset. There can only be one choice badge. It's going to be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, people being really protective and not willing to open up and, you know, actually 
you know, if they'll they'll go to communities uh, just to really like steal information and uh, or, or right. get answers to questions without providing any value, and and they're just like you know behave like sharks, and you know that that causes communities to suffer. And really, if there's any competition, it's all of us versus Amazon. <laughs> so we need to team up. I'm kidding, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, people won't even like you know people like won't even share their their product listing they're like people won't right. be asking for feedback on their product listing and trying to describe it because they're afraid to show your listing because they're afraid you're going to go like steal their product or something mm-hmm. and so pe- so now they can't get help there and it's it's funny seeing these conversations where people are trying to get feedback on their keyword selection but they won't tell you what their keywords are right and like it's, it's, it's just nonsense um trying to trying to be so cutthroat and competitive against people uh, rather than just letting everybody help everybody and yeah yeah you know we were doing some testing for version two of our software with some of the people from our customer advisory board and these people are high performers and like when i ask them like hey could you know you add our email as a user to your seller central account or whatever they're like sure like they're they're because they are they're already there to like work with us to make software so like they're already you know they they weren't hesitating so like obviously you don't want to do this with everyone but like we both came to the table and like once they're at that table they like they're going to be generous and think in abundance and like share all these ideas and whatnot uh i was on linkedin the other day i got a message from one of our competitors he's like hey i listened to the show i was like that's awesome like let's be friends um and i think thinking like that is I think that's great because that's a sign of like the Amazon advertising space maturing. Uh, I feel like maybe even as recent as like three years ago, it was like very like cutthroat, like, no, I can't help you. Like, no, like this is all mine, like go away, stuff like that. Uh, but I feel like it's definitely maturing and stuff like that. Like there's so, so many synergies that can come from collaborating. Um, so habit number four, think win-win. That's a big one. Maybe we should change. Maybe instead of we shouldn't call people like competition, we should just call them like co uh runners or runners yeah peers yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i mean sometimes sure. you do now to be fair sometimes you do have like one-on-one competition with you know yourself you're bidding up one keyword they're bidding up a keyword and whoever gets a top spot gets sales and you can't both be there i mean yeah we're not saying competition doesn't exist but uh largely speaking you know collaborating learning from each other working in the community and just being helpful you know right yes Help help others become the best version of themselves, and they can help you become the best version of yourself. And with that, let's jump in to habit number five. Habit number five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. If I were to summarize in one sentence the single most important principle I have learned in the field of interpersonal relations, it would be this. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. How about that? Uh, the author says it is the most important principle of interpersonal relationships. What comes what comes up for you in the world of like Amazon PPC, Amazon marketing related to this one? So two kind of examples come up to me uh, for me first. The first one is, you know, especially if you're an agency or freelancer and, and you work with clients and yeah, just the most important thing in any kind of communication with them is to first understand exactly what they mean, which is a lot a lot of the times more than what their words are actually saying. So that, that's just a massive art form in itself to just be a good listener 
and to understand their intent behind their words. And, and that can be really easy to be offended and get flared up over, over something and then understanding that later on that like that's not what they meant. That can really help prevent a lot of tense situations, just listening and, and understanding and recognizing other people's frustrations. Fantastic book, if anyone hasn't, uh, doesn't know about it, it's called, what's it called? Never Split the Difference. It is written by an FBI, former FBI hostage negotiator who would negotiate with uh, terrorists and, and uh, get people out of horrible situations just through talking, just through, through talking on the phone. Uh, he, would, he would end up getting people out of countries, out of, out of being taken hostage, didn't, take, didn't give any ransom money just by talking. So, and, and one of his biggest things was just, was just listening and learning to be a, a good listener. So, um, yeah, check out that book. But, you know, talk, I think about talking with a client, you know, you get an email, they seem upset, you know, don't just jump to defend yourself and, and make sure that they understand you first, listen to them, understand them, see if you can restate what you think, uh, they mean to just to make sure like just, yeah, rephrasing things into your own words is helpful for two reasons. One if they, they can either agree or disagree with whether what you, what you said is true. And so now uh, you can make sure that you've understood and just get that clarification. And number two, if they know that you were able to put their thoughts into your own words, and if they hear you say it, now they know you've understood and they will now be receptive to what you have to say. Whereas if you just respond without saying that, they might not feel like they've been heard. And they they will not listen to you until they feel they've been he- been heard. So listen, understand them, and then uh, rephrase it, and then you can state your, your point. So Yeah, in, cl- in, client, in client relationships, or, or just like most relationships, anytime there's potential conflict, it's almost like both parties are coming to the table holding like hot, uh, like something hot, and like they, they need to get it off, like out of their hands, and they, they want to tell you immediately. So like give people that gift to like let them tell you how they're feeling. And like, it's tough sometimes because we could often have so much to say to the other person, um, but there's definitely a huge benefit in seeking first to understand, then be understood. I also think this applies to when you are speaking with an Amazon rep. So that last point was was about like for the marketers who are working with clients. This one's going to be for the store managers talking to Amazon reps. So this is pretty interesting because you know, understanding what the Amazon rep really wants can be helpful for the your business strategy. And ultimately, it comes down to like Amazon has their goals and your company has your, their goals, like your goals. So I think it's always in, important to understand, like really try to sense what, you know, someone working at the ad platform, this goes to any ad platform, you know, Facebook, Amazon, or Google, I was just like, what are they trying to get me to do more of and why? And like, is that aligned with, you know, number two? Like, what is my end in my, what is my goal that I'm after? Like, I just need to be, be sure like that, uh, you know, I'm understanding what they're suggesting 100%. So ask those questions and really try to understand why this is being suggested and, you know, what can be done about it. Right. And with that, let's jump on to habit number six. Habit number six is synergize. And the quote from the book is this. Synergy is not the same as compromise. In a compromise, one plus one equals one and a half at best. Michael, what does that mean? 
you know, I think in the thing in a bit general business concept context, it means like if you're just like going to someone and you're trying to like, okay, like I want this, you want that other thing, let's meet somewhere in the middle, which is like exactly what you you mentioned a few minutes ago with never split the difference. It's just like, Mm -hmm. ah, like instead of reaching two or three, let's just get to one and a half. So like we Mm -hmm. both get a little bit, but it's not, it's not the huge synergy that we're looking for. So I think it's, it's in terms of, you know, how do you create a win-win situation, you know, create a situation that amplifies everything else that you're trying to do. It's, it's almost like an accelerant because when you're able to synergize with something, which is by the way, like the most business overused business term, like I'm picturing people like putting their fingers interlocking together, like the synergies, the synergies, bro. Uh, right. Yeah. So what I would say, <laughs> so what I would say here, you know, in a PPC context, I'm talking about synergizing all of these other things that we've talked about being proactive, beginning with the end in mind, knowing your goals, prioritizing your task list, um, collaborating with others, all these things. The synergy component, I think, in an Amazon PPC context actually relates to what other companies can your company synergize with to amplify the trajectory that you are on. You know, what tools can you use to do the heavy lifting of these strategies and the goals that you already have? You know, it is not a, oh, I'm going to skip all these other steps. Just go to use any tool or just hire anyone without actually having establishing all of those goals and the priorities first. I think that's a massive, you know, so like a a non-synergy would be where you're like abdicating the connection that is possible where you're just sort of saying, eh, like, let me just hand this off to a freelancer or a contractor or an agency or a tool. When instead we can really think about, I have these, I have this mission. I'm going to use a tool to do the heavy lifting of that, you know, of my activity list, what activities does a computer or would a freelancer do better? And I think the best marketers and the best business owners do exactly that. You know, where they know where their superpowers are, they know what are not their superpowers, and they know what to hand off and how to work on that relationship. So that's what I think of when I think of synergy, specifically in the Amazon PPC space. Yeah, it's amplifying effectiveness, not, not, mm-hmm. I guess, trying to find a middle ground. Right. On, yeah. And, and yeah, like, like you said, that's exactly, I think, how a lot of people think of a lot of, business partnerships using tools is is that that they're going to get that one plus one equals one and a half find some kind of middle ground in between you know what the tool provider wants and what they want and find something there Mm -hmm. rather than saying no this is going to amplify the work and allow us to accomplish more exactly more than the sum of our parts so ideally we're aiming for like one plus one equals three like we've done the hard work of developing a strong strategy and we know like the sweet spot of something the tool does or the agency does and we can put these together and actually you know create a firework together like we can actually like create something way more than the sum of our parts and that is how to really that's definitely how the best marketers approach any tool you know they look at it and I see the gears turning when I talk to a talented marketer. I see them thinking about, well, currently I'm doing X, Y, Z this way. How could this help me accelerate that process? Like the best marketers are, are immediately thinking like, how can I connect what I'm currently doing and plug it into this to create 
you know, something even bigger. And I think that's like something the most powerful marketers do. It's well said. And with that, let's dive in to the seventh habit, sharpening the saw. Renewal is the principle and the process that empowers us to move on an upward spiral of growth and change of continuous improvement. Well, this one's easy. Nobody listening has to do any work here because you are already sharpening the saw. Uh, you know, this refers to that, that, that quote. I don't know who said it. It was either George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, or potentially someone else. I don't Alexander know Hamilton. Yes. If you had five hours to chop down a tree, I would spend the first three sharpening the saw, meaning it allows you to do all future things easier to stay on top of it, to get better at what it is that you're doing so that you can do all of the previous habits faster with more effectiveness. Sharpen that saw in an Amazon PPC context, study, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos, try to add yourself to as many newsletters as possible. I have a secret email that I will use to add myself to all the newsletters so I can learn everything I possibly can. So learning is a big one. Stephen, we have our adbadger.com slash Facebook. That's a place to learn. We share stuff on LinkedIn. That's a place to learn. Don't stop learning. What's your, what's your secret email? Uh, Joe.com. Rogan three <laughs> at gmail.com. What? Yeah, but I, I, I really do love this this last one. I, th- I think that's an easy easy one to let slip because it, it's very easy to get good performance, to do something well, have happy happy clients or you yourself are happy with your sales and get complacent and slow down and kind of stop that that upward journey because you, you think you've arrived. And we never really arrive. We just keep going up, up, up. Nice. The journey is the destination. Yeah. The, and the destination is the journey. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I don't know. I think that makes total sense. Like every single high performer I know is constantly trying to learn a little bit more about what it is that they're doing. So in the Amazon PPC context, like you have to be a constant learner uh, you cannot think that you know it all uh, because as soon as you do that, as soon as you have a full cup that can't, nothing more can go into, you are falling behind. You gotta have an empty cup. Keep on filling it. Dump it out when you think you're full. <laughs> That's right. Put a hole in the bottom. Keep Pour on filling it. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, so Mike, what, what, what do you think is your favorite, your favorite from this list? I think I mentioned that mine was number three, put thing, first things first. I really like that four quadrants uh, model. Uh, what, what about for you? What would you say is your, your favorite habit? Seventh, seventh, or favorite of the seven habits of highly effective Amazon PPCers. I like to sharpen the saw. I const- I love, ah, I love learning. That's a huge one. Tied for that is definitely collaborating with others, uh, which is sort of like think win-win. I love, I, I in fact, sometimes I feel like uh, I'll be in the middle of a conversation with you sometimes and we will both say something and then I'll be like, you know what? Let's go get some outside opinion. That's like, I love collaborating with others, like sharing because I love like helping others too. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just need to stop, collaborate and listen. Oh my God. 
That is it. So, so yes, my final answer is I like to sharpen the saw by thinking win-win with others so that I can understand them and they can understand me. <laughs> so we can form synergies because I've begun with the end in mind and I'm very proactive about it. Wow. Boom. That was fantastic. Nailed it. That's it. So those are the seven habits of highly effective Amazon PPCers. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. It's I actually think these kinds of episodes where we're talking about mindset and behavior and not necessarily like the nitty gritty down in the weeds is incredibly important because we would not be doing our job if we only gave you down in the weeds and we didn't stop for a second to zoom out and really lay some uh, connective tissue around all of these PPC muscles we are developing. And with that beautiful analogy, I'm just going to give myself a beautiful analogy on that one. Thank you. Thank you, Michael, for that that (sighs) great quote. Should we end on that? That's a perfect way to end, right? And with that, I think we're going to leave you there. Have a good one, everyone. And we will see you soon inside the Badger Den. Have a good one. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to the PPC Den podcast. Our goal of every episode is to give you guys actionable information so you can go right to your computer and start optimizing with the new skills you've learned. Be sure to subscribe because we'll be back next Wednesday with more great PPC skills for you. And you can always head over to adbadger.com slash podcast for all of our show notes and bonus content that we've made exclusively for our listeners. If you guys are finding these podcasts to be valuable for you and your business, you can help us continue making them by dropping us a review on Apple Podcasts. All right, Badger, are you ready to go back to camp and rest up for tomorrow? What a good boy.